Hi, I'm Deanna. And I'm Ben. Welcome to Filmscape, a movie reviewing podcast. Today, we're reviewing the new Joaquin Phoenix starring Ari Aster directed film Bo is Afraid. We have a third party here. His name's Andy. It's Ben's dog. Diana, what did you think of Bo is Afraid? I liked it. I did. It's just, it's a movie that is just, it's frenetic and it's advertised as like being an odyssey and, and. Why don't you, you know... tell us a little bit about what it's about? Oh, okay. So have me do this. Okay. <laughs> I'll do it then. Bo is Afraid stars Joaquin Phoenix as the titular beau, who essentially embarks on this surreal, psychologically crazy odyssey of epic proportions to leave his strange crime-ridden neighborhood that he's afraid to just go outside because there's all these crazy things happening. Right off the bat, the movie presents itself as being very dreamlike because he lives in this like exaggerated skid row type neighborhood where people are literally like fighting and wrestling in the streets and like screaming and stabbing each other and and he's just kind of like this hapless and it's riddled with addiction and violence and yeah yeah that's when all this crazy dark humor begins there's like a deadly spider loose in the apartment complex you like see the poster of it when he's walking down the hallway to his apartment and then you see his apartment from within as he opens the door and the spider is on the floor and scurries under the couch and then he's walking in but he doesn't see it but we do so lots of stuff like that essentially what you find out in the movie is that he has a very i guess strange relationship with his very overbearing mother and he's gonna go visit her and um he gets his stuff stolen on his way to go see her he tries to call her, but she kind of dismisses him and thinks he's making up excuses. So then he has to go anyway. Yeah, I mean, he even makes the attempt to like be like, well, what do you think I should do? You know, and trying to kind of compromise with her and she's just not having it. Yeah, the interactions between him and his mother are much more, I think those are meant to be the most maybe human or relatable moments of the movie because all these other things in the movie are obviously irrational, like dream logic, essentially. But those scenes where he's talking to his mother are, or I guess seen at least at the beginning, is very like realistic, like the way, you know, someone would talk to a very, I guess, overbearing, difficult, controlling parent. So I guess that part's kind of relatable. And then all this other stuff in the movie and what happens next is sort of meant to be this, I guess, this like absurdist adventure to go kind of discover himself and deal with life because he's a very anxious, paranoid person. I think the the director, Ari Aster, I, I'm pretty sure he like suffers from anxiety and probably other things. So you can really see that like he's kind of pouring his own, I guess, feelings and paranoia into this character. But obviously trying to portray things to an extreme. Oh, totally. Uh, you yeah. Know, everything is to the extreme. And, you know, it, it's really interesting because you kind of realize that Bo is in the situation where he has like no money. You have no idea anything really about his, his background, meaning like you don't know like 
what does he do for work if he even has a job like you know nothing about like him as a real person you just know really more about like his relationship with his mother and the fact that like he lives in this crime-ridden poor area but his mother is this very wealthy established businesswoman that's right who who has a company named after her and yet Bo chooses or maybe didn't choose to live in this scenario and this situation where everything is just not great. Ari Aster at one point said he wants to take you in the experience of being a loser. So that kind of tells you what <laughs> is his approach in creating this character and creating this world. So I think he's essentially a disappointment. And someone from the movie described it as a Jewish Lord of the Rings. I think that was Ari Aster. I also heard someone called it the Jewish everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> and I actually did find a lot of similarities between that movie and this one. I saw a lot of similarities to a bunch of A24 movies. Um, hmm. But definitely everything everywhere all at once. I feel like I could see that this is kind of like, as I mentioned, the, the Jewish version instead of the, the maybe the Chinese version the immigrant story and that's more of like a family story at the center and this one he's more like it's kind of more this nightmarish kind of surreal kafka-esque dreamlike kind of thing where where it's like dream logic and a little note on that i guess is that obviously a lot of this movie is not meant to be taken literally mm -hmm. or it could be right and i think the way this movie approaches that it keeps it like creative and there's so much going on and there's so many just strange details and it just it just feels like such a fully realized just creative vision i mean it's three hours long it's insane there's so many different locations there's a whole animated section in the middle and there's just so much going on and it's, it's really it's really interesting and thought-provoking if you can get into it i mean this movie is obviously not for everyone but it makes me think of this movie mother from a few years ago and some other movies where there's like dream logic where what's happening isn't really happening mm -hmm. at all and in mother some people really like that movie but that movie did not work for me and that's a case where i think the dream logic worked against it because i didn't get any kind of real theme or message or psychological insight mm -hmm. from that movie for example whereas this really did I don't know the exact reason why that might be. I just think this one worked with that. I mean, lots of people are going to be frustrated. And I just want to mention, I'm thinking of ending things. It also made me think of yes, that. Yes, I definitely thought of that movie. Yeah, that's a total dream logic movie. And I didn't like that movie so much when I right. first watched it. I watched it a few more times and I grew to really like it. Mm -hmm. These movies are challenging. And I, yes. tr I, try to, I try to give a lot of patience to films that really go for the abstract and are just so different and you can just tell that there is a real strong creative voice and that the movie is trying to say something it's not just wasting your time with a bunch of bs like it's always all a dream that's obviously the other side of it where it just feels like right. a worthless pointless excursion right. you know so i think this movie generally for the most part really works and yeah. is, is a good example of that kind of thing yeah i think that a lot of people they go into this movie I guess I want to preface by saying that this movie was not widely advertised, like the marketing wasn't that abundant. It was a lot of, I think, word, you know, word of mouth. The trailer it, did get a lot of views on yes, YouTube. Yes, but there was some subtle marketing, if people found it, relating to 
MW Industries, which just has to do with Mona Wasserman, which is the mother, and that like they even made a website about it talking about things being perfectly safe, which is like the the tagline for the site or like the perfectly safe is the slogan for MW Industries. The movie really tried not to reveal too much obviously about like what we would be seeing because it would it would obviously like the movie tries to do so much with a, a lot of time and it does really does it does connect to to the film because but people for the longest time were like I have no idea what this means or how to feel about it and I think that in the end the marketing when you actually see the film you realize oh it's just so entrenched in every piece of the movie because you see that logo everywhere. Even where Bo lives, it's advertised with MW. The things he eats, it's also MW. It's like his mother is everywhere. And so no matter what, it feels like even though he's trying to lead and live his own life, he still can't escape her. Yeah. Even before we meet her, because we don't see her on screen for a while. Bo's Afraid really made me feel like it It just felt so, of course, it's anxiety ridden that the whole time you're like, what's going to happen now? It's going to happen next. And I just kept also just feeling nervous for Bo the whole time because you can very early on, you can tell that it's supposed to be a dark comedy, but... Very dark. Yes, very, very dark. <laughs> if you like that kind of thing, you'll probably enjoy this movie a lot, as I do. <laughs> right. But it, but it also just feels like the whole time, because of the way that his relationship and kind of how the whole time it's like he wants to get to his mom and he's trying to kind of navigate things in a, in a delicate manner, even when he talks to her on the phone or when he's trying to get his way there. And he's always trying to see the importance of like, oh, I need to get to my mom. I need to see her. That it just... I feel like part of the film is supposed to tap into our own relationships with our own moms and our parents, the idea of guilt, and you always want to be good enough for their standards, but then like achieving, you know, whatever their requests or goals are for you and for them, you know, for what their wishes are. So I, I think that it's really trying to connect with that to the audience and the music is also heavily trying to emphasize that anxiety and trying to create more of that, like, I think, instill more of that guilty or anxiety filled like sentiment in the audience as well while still trying to maintain some again comedic elements and making you laugh but still making you feel like nervous about what's to come for sure and i just want to say one thing i loved about this movie that i was not expecting was how much physical comedy and yes. stunts there were like oh my goodness what joaquin phoenix goes through is pretty incredible and I certainly would not expect all this kind of stuff going on from the person who made Hereditary and Midsummer, Ari Aster's previous two films, which are both these, you know, very formally controlled, artful, slow burn, psychological horror movies. And this is like completely different this is a huge departure and I i'm really glad he made such a drastic departure because like i love those movies but they shared a lot of similarities yes, and for sure. you could tell how high level and artistic and intelligent those are really perfectly made movies i mean they're, they're all around the 
discussions if any anyone talking about the best horror movies in recent years you can't not mention either of those and so and he said from the beginning after hereditary came out i think that he doesn't even see himself really as a horror director like he his career really is going to be all kinds of different things like that's not his Mm-hmm. like be all end all label and i thought oh that's interesting so he's gonna kind of do some other things that's neat yeah. and midsummer was a little different it's not as much of like a straight up horror movie but it also kind of is yeah it has that really interesting element that i loved where 98 percent of it all takes place in sunlight and it's still incredibly disturbing like that's definitely a very mm-hmm. different interesting quirky I guess very original idea to make a genuinely unnerving very long movie and keep it really creepy and interesting and not have any anything happen at night. I mean, that's a pretty innovative thing to do. And it completely worked. And I loved that. And this is just like reaching for the moon with where this movie goes. Like, it, it really is something like Charlie Kaufman would make, which yes. is pretty high praise. I mean, I mentioned I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah. But like, just like the level of commitment to the surreal and the bizarre and just how off-putting it is at times. I don't see how this movie isn't going to lose. This is like one of those movies that bombs, but gets a huge cult following and movie fans love it and discuss yeah. it. And it, and it becomes like a total, like an artifact because it is so original and just like has such a strong, unique creative vision that will stick with you just, you know, for better or worse. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I agree with all those points. I did read in the A24 press notes relating to this film that Bo is Afraid was, has been worked on, you know, writing-wise for like a decade. You know, it was something that he'd been working on before he even did his first two films, but then it just never felt like the right time or the fully like the right, it just didn't feel right at the time. And then he probably didn't have the budget or the well, resources yeah. before, you know, he, he had to get course. some clout. So that, that, that's what I would guess would ha- have happened. Right. But then happened. also, and it also went through, you know, uh, its own, you know, changes and versions to become what we know of it now, which is great. I mean, that's how art works. I'm so glad that he was able to establish himself with such high regard that A24 was like, we're going to put this huge budget on this film and just let him be free their biggest budget so far yeah and i think that that just of course upholds and and really shows the amount of respect and clout of course that ari aster has to be able to say you know what we trust your artistic vision even if it's crazy because we know we just trust it there's a hilarious quote that i love that ari aster said at one point i think during the maybe the premiere or something and he said i want (laughs) to thank A24 for being stupid enough to actually release this movie and let me make it the way I wanted. He says something like that, and I thought that was so funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. I mean, the thing that I I find so interesting is every scene is just filled with a moment where the the main character, Bo, just feels so much anxiety. Like, he's taking a new medication. He's told you have to take it with water. You know, then he's like, running out of water and trying to figure and then he has to run across the street and then people barge into his apartment and it's just like all these things that can go wrong will go wrong and it's just that's like the name of the game things are always going wrong for him no matter what he tries to do but he also never speaks up for himself either right and so that's also a very big part of the story and a part of kind of his adventure to try to get to his mother 
I think that the movie's also kind of separated in parts because it really is kind of like a novel where it's, you know, separated in like his experiences of being in his neighborhood to then being with this couple and their daughter. Because the wife hit him because he was running from a knife-wielding serial killer. And a policeman. Yeah, that were running in, in the street in front of his apartment. And it's just like one thing after another. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like this... I don't know, it's like a retelling of the Odyssey or even like some kind of fantastical quest movie. Like I said, it reminded me of some A24 movies, believe it or not, including The Green Knight at one point, which I know sounds funny because they're completely different movies. But there's a whole section of this movie that takes place in a forest. And Mm -hmm. just the way he gets there and, and this like the mood of everything that happens there. And that's when there's this long, neat stop motion animated dream sequence that just goes on and on and it's really interesting Mm -hmm. and all of that just gave me like very like creepy interesting dreamlike kind of fantasy vibes yeah and that's kind of like the third part of the film is like being in the forest well it's it's the middle the second act it's like the middle of the movie well there's really four parts if you're really thinking about it because again he's in the apartment that's one part two is him at the couple's house third is the forest which is the shortest then the fourth is him finally getting back to his home i guess i don't really remember the exact length of the sequences but there's a lot that happens after the forest that's only two-thirds into the movie and we're not gonna say much about about anything that happens after the main part of his journey we're gonna keep this spoiler free because there's a lot that happens but i think this is a movie you certainly want to go in knowing as little as possible So we're trying to keep things pretty vague, but also, you know, informative enough so you get some good information about it if you haven't seen it or if you're on the fence about seeing it. I mean, it's certainly going to be a very divisive movie. I like that the cast is very, it's pretty eclectic and there's a lot of recognizable names. Many of them have been in theater, like musical theater and on Broadway, and some of them are playwrights adds some respectability to it. Maybe the most respected name out of all the supporting characters is probably Patti LuPont, who's been on Broadway for decades. So this movie certainly attracted a lot of talent, and it's definitely a piece of art. It's not really, it's not pop entertainment or anything. This is more like, it's like the lighthouse. Which to remember art is subjective so if you're a person who ends up hating this film it's like it's just not for you but i think it's one of those movies that when i watched it we didn't say this ahead of time but i just want to thank a24 and triple a24 we were able to get an early screening which was really a pleasure to see i mean it was in imax yes in imax that was great. It really heightened the experience to see it in IMAX because you see things way more up close and personal than probably if you saw it in regular like Dolby or, you know, whatever way. And that and, sound. Yes. And, you know, you see like details about like Joaquin Phoenix's face being like not fully shaven or like, you know, like just showing just like kind of how things are imperfect like those imperfections the real details are just really more obvious there so it was definitely a movie where i think a lot of people at the end they leave thinking that was a movie and uh, people definitely said that but it is something where when you think about it and you take the time you really are able to kind of understand layers about it and the obviously the absurdity and what it means it's something that when i first saw it, i thought what but I still liked it 
And I thought, I'm going to have to watch this again, even though this was like three hours of my life. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah, it's a good sign when you think to yourself, I want to watch that again. There's more to discover. And I agree. I would like to watch this again. Maybe not so soon, but at some point. (laughs) I mean, it is exhausting. It's not like I completely loved it all the way. I, I really, really liked it. Parts of it were really, really interesting and distinct. So much happens. This is like two or three movies worth of story and locations and things going on in one. One thing I really, I have a lot of respect for, I mean, I guess this is a, a couple of things, but relating to the same kind of premise, is the amount of work put into production and also figuring out set design and things like that because they scouted locations in Montreal and areas in Montreal. So like they found existing homes that were in the area to be the base of things like the home where Bo grows up, the home where he's taken in after he gets hit by a truck. But then even what happens with there's an animation kind of section that happens in the forest that is it's really beautiful and it kind of shows what Bo thinks his life could be. It is such a fascinating departure. I just want to give a lot of the work that's put in to make what the final result was. There's so much that was put into it. And even though it's crazy, it was just really cool in in the end to like see all that. It was great to see 10 years of work and all these crazy ideas get realized and put to life and actually came out the way very much I think Ari Aster wanted it to. It's like we mentioned this was 10 years in the making. It was actually based on a short film he did in film school or right after that that I saw a while ago just called Bo and it's only six minutes long. They actually mostly recreated in the movie at one point. That was kind of funny and um, you know it's nice to see a, a long time passion project come to life especially when it's this different and polarizing prior to being called Bo is afraid the name of this movie was titled disappointment boulevard which i feel like could have also been very fitting i prefer that title honestly i think that would have been a perfect title Bo is afraid is fine right but disappointment and boulevard really captures that the essence of it yeah over, i guess just that that like deflating kind of yeah that humor this movie, it's it's like the Book of Job in yes. modern times with this absurd sense of humor. And it's like we said, everything just kind of goes wrong and it's, it's very dark, but also very, very funny, genuinely. So Disappointment Boulevard, that really like encapsulates what the movie's about to me. But I mean, Bo is Afraid does too. I guess. Right. Another interesting point was apparently the code name for the film, I think, was Mona's Choice, which is interesting too, because... Then you kind of think about, well, the choices that the, the character that Bo makes. And then you you think about like the overall picture of the film and like his mother and the overbearing mother's presence in his life and kind of like, hmm, what does that say about that? One thing I thought was also very interesting is that the town in which he lives, that like his mother that he grew up in and that his mother, the home is, childhood home, is Wasserton. And his mother's name is Wasserman. And it makes you think, well, what? Everything's about water. Because also in German, Wasser means water. And everything's about water. But also, it's interesting that like, there's all these themes about water, even like when the person drowns and like when they're on the cruise or even with his medication needing to take water with his 
medication. Yeah. Like, it, there's... He's taking a bath. Yeah, he's taking a bath. Like, um, there's these different elements of water being brought in. And even, like, when the big flood thing washes out his... When in the, the forest scene, the reason why he gets separated from his family is because of a big flood thing that happens. Right. That was obviously very, like, supposed to be very, like, biblical. Right. That whole dream sequence was very... It was basically, like, Noah. Yeah. Noah's story, essentially. There's so many biblical... I thought about things well. in this movie. Obviously, there's so much like Book of Job kind of influence, and it's very, it's like a fable. And, yeah, very, very, it's very cool. Yeah, I wonder if the town has anything to do with the mother because Wasserton I, and Wasserman. I have a feeling that's just a, one of the details about how overpowering or, or just how ever present the mother yes. is everywhere. The fact that their town is like one letter difference from her last name that like he just can't escape her, and she's such a force. And I think that might just be one of those. There, there's so many details to this movie. You can tell it was a passion project that it's, it's been written for a long time. Ari Aster did once call it a four-hour nightmare comedy. So for all we know, there's a whole nother hour of story that could have been part of this movie that they had to cut down to make it just three hours. I wonder if they're going to have a director's <laughs> cut. Because if they do I, a, would I would watch that would, in yeah. a second. Exactly. <laughs> I just find it so impressive. There's all that stuff we talked about, but I just find it so impressive that just how versatile Ari Aster has already proven himself just after three movies and and a bunch of short films. But like these three movies, the fact that, like I said, he made such controlled, artsy, like simmering, beautifully made horror movies that Martin Scorsese publicly praised. I mean, I mean, that itself is an incredible accomplishment, but that he then made this movie and pulled it off and just made it so insane and just mind-bending already shows if he keeps on this path he's gonna be like one of the greats who are working today it's just like very exciting and and cool to see you know even though i didn't completely love this movie it is exhausting (laughs) some of it was a bit much Mm -hmm. you know but overall it was pretty incredible so i think that's gonna lead me to say that i would recommend this movie you just got to go with it and understand what you're getting into, that this is a very different experience. It's that... not for mainstream audiences. No. It's for weirdos. It's a weirdo, artsy, mind-bending movie. I would also recommend it with the kind of caveat that like you have to be weird and go with it and understand that it's just nightmare-fueled, anxiety-ridden, frenetic energy. It's transgressive. Filled. There's a lot of bizarre off-putting imagery this movie's just a whole lot of extra it's very extra yes i should just mention that yes even though this is a very very drastic departure from what ari aster has made before it is still quite horrific there are parts of it that i definitely could tell oh this is the same guy that made Mm -hmm. hereditary and midsummer two movies i'm very familiar with now because i've seen them many times there are some scenes that do feel like, you know, beautifully crafted psychological horror scene. Uh, there are some pr- pretty shocking moments. So th- th- Ari- it, it is like a waking nightmare. So yes, <laughs> Ari Aster loves head trauma. Yeah, he you know, likes his head that, trauma. De- yeah, because Joaquin Phoenix's <laughs> character definitely hits his head multiple times. Oh, yeah. And he also... Some other things happen, too, that we won't mention. Yeah. This might sound funny, but it's my favorite movie of the year so far. So... Hmm. I guess I'm giving it pretty high praise. Now, that's not saying much because this year hasn't given us much, but it is right. It is only April. It's something to experience. Yes. What a movie. 
do not bring grandma to this no do not bring grandma do not bring a little kid unless you want to scar them for life right and have them be mad at you for weeks exactly (laughs) yeah hi film booze if you want to contact us with any questions or comments or thoughts on the film you can reach us at filmscaped at gmail.com. That's F-I-L-M-S-C-A-P-E-D at gmail.com. We have a website called filmscapepodcast.com. We also have an Instagram at filmscapepodcast, which you should definitely follow if you are not already. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe. On the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks.